Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. I'm not blank enough. And that, that blank is significant because there's so many things that can go in there. It's endless, the negative things that can go in that blank. I'm not this enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not disciplined enough. I'm not enough enough. Today, I'm not talented enough. And the enemy will have you hearing this message so he can immobilize you so that you won't be effective in this life and especially in the kingdom of God. But here's what I want you to understand, church. That message comes to you and I as a part of human nature. You should expect it, but you shouldn't accept it because it's false. And the only thing that counters it is the truth. The truth counters that false message. But the reason we get it is because of sin in the world. And we can thank Adam for that. But thank God Jesus Christ has come to remit sin out of our life. Amen. And we can live above sin. Praise the Lord. So we're not going to just sit down and settle into that consciousness of what we're not. We're going to live in the consciousness of what we are. And what I want to say to you today is, if you're here on planet Earth, you're loaded with talent. You're loaded with talent. You know why I know that? I know that because I know that God never made a zero. God never made a zero. You ever seen the trees in the forest? You can't even count them. There's so many. It's incomprehensible how many trees there is in a large forest. You ever seen a huge mountain? You ever seen stars in the sky? You ever seen the volume of water in the oceans that we have on this earth? We have more water than we have land on this earth. Why? Because everything God made, he made in abundant and full supply. And guess what? When he made you, it was no different. When he made I, it was no different. He made you and I loaded with talent. How does that sound? That sound like you can buy into that? Well, you got to buy into it because it's the truth. God never made a zero. You're loaded with talent. I know some of you are sitting there and saying, eh, I don't know, that hasn't been my experience. I understand. It wasn't my experience either. But I thank God for this truth. I wish only I had known this like 40 years ago, not only for my sake, but for my children's sake. God never made a zero, church. You're not a zero. You are very significant, and you're loaded with talent. Let's look at Jeremiah, because Jeremiah helps us to understand something that's absolutely awesome. Jeremiah 1.5 reads, God says, I knew you before I formed you, in your mother's womb. 
Now, let's just back up, because if you're trying to digest all of that, it's just too much to digest because it's so good. But look at this. God said, I knew you before I formed you. Huh? You knew me before you made me? Yeah. You knew me before you created me? Yeah. I knew you then, before I formed you, before I created you. And you know what, church? Because of that, I know that there is nothing about me and there's nothing about you that's a mistake. Because God knew you before he even formed you. I spent some time meditating on this, and I was being blessed by it, but I knew there was something more. And then finally the Holy Spirit helped me to understand. I started thinking, who knows stuff before they make it? And then it came to me. I know it was nothing but the Holy Spirit. Architects. Architects that design buildings and layouts of property, the way it's going to look in the end, they actually know it before they design it. Most of the time, somebody says, <laughs> that's the limitations of man versus God, okay? <laughs> Builders know the home before they build it. If they want four bedrooms in the home, they know. Okay, we're going to have four bedrooms, and they're going to be located and situated here, here, and here. They want cathedral ceilings. They know it before they build it. Now stop and think about it. Do you think an architect or a builder is greater than God? If the architects and the builders know what they're building and what they're designing, if they know it before it actually comes into fruition, what about God? Especially when you look at this verse. He says, I knew you before I formed you. I knew you before I built you. And I never made a zero. If you can't remember everything I said, if you're kind of like me, people with these long names, I got some nieces with long names, you know. I don't know where they come up with these crazy long names. Whatever happened to Gail and Sue and Deborah and all that, you know. <laughs> and they give me these long names, I'm like, look, I might get part of that right, okay? If you just hear me say part of your name, you better answer, because that's about the best I'm going to do, all right? <laughs> so I'm going to be that fair to you guys, and I'm going to tell you. If you don't remember everything I said thus far, at least remember this. God never made a zero. You know, have you ever went to the store and bought something, and you had to assemble it, and you couldn't put it together, just wouldn't act right? You don't throw it down and say, ah, this thing ain't right. No, you don't question it. You question you. And you read the plans again. And you read them again. And you try again. 
and you put it this way and you put it that way because you just trust the fact that if they sold it, it's right. If I ain't getting it right, it's because I ain't understanding it yet. Well, that's how you should think about your life. If you haven't gotten it right yet, where you begin to see the talent that you have, don't doubt the talent. Just doubt the fact that you haven't found it all yet. But don't doubt the talent, because to doubt the talent is to doubt the one who made you. Praise the Lord. Okay, now let me say this about talent. Talent comes at birth. We receive talent when we're born. Talent is put in us, actually, before we're born. But as we come out at birth, we have talent. Now, we have two births. We have a natural birth and we have a spiritual birth. And if somebody's out there thinking, which probably most of you are because you're a smart group, you're thinking, well, hey, Pastor Albert, does that mean when I was born naturally, I was born with talent? And then when I was born spiritually, I was born with talent again? Bingo! Absolutely. You were born with talent both times. When you were born naturally, talent automatically came with your birth. When you were born spiritually, talent automatically came. However, the talent is raw and it's undiscovered. So what you and I have to do is we have to recognize the talent. As we go through life, as we're coming up, we have to recognize the talent and we have to discover what our talents are. And then when we discover them, we need to cultivate them, spend time cultivating your talent. Do you know you can have a really good talent? And if you don't cultivate it, it won't never really develop and be what it should be. You still have to work on it. You take, for instance, like LeBron James, a great basketball star. We take it for granted that everything he does, he does it because he's so gifted. But I'm always amazed when I hear the sports commentators say things like, oh, yeah, he, you know, spends extra hours. He comes to the gym before anybody, you know, to work on his shooting. He stays and watches film for hours. I'm like, what? LeBron James? Yeah, because you know what? He's cultivating. He's putting time. He's investing in his talent. And it causes his talent to operate at his absolute zenith. And you know what? You're loaded with talent. You just need to discover it. And you need to cultivate it. You need to develop it so it can operate at its zenith. You better not dare go out of them doors today not believing that you're loaded with talent. Because you are. It's just a matter of discovery. If you're not convinced of it, it's because you haven't discovered it. But it's in there. You know why I know it's in there? Because the builder knew you before he formed you. The builder wouldn't have made you and made you talentless. No, that just wouldn't happen. So we're born with talent. But sometimes what's popular can be an enemy to your talent. For instance, in the school that I belong to, um, or went to, grew up in, um, the sports that were popular were like 
the normal basketball, baseball, football, and then if you were a musician, you know, it could be in chorus or whatever. Um, but um, if you have a talent that doesn't fit in those categories, then it's very well possible that you could be overlooked. And you know what? I specifically make sure to mention this because I know that's exactly what many of your experiences have been. Whether you're conscious of it or not, your experiences have been where your particular talent hasn't been given a, an opportunity to be showcased. So therefore, you grow up thinking, these people over here that are involved in different activities or sports that are more popular, they're more talented than you. No, they're not. You came into this world just as talented as they are. Don't you ever forget it. God never made a zero. In basketball, I could have been really good. But I had that message playing in my head. You're not talented enough. And when that message plays in our head, most of the time, I know in my own life, I had the greatest parents in the world, but they didn't know that message was playing in my head. If they would have known it, they could have caught it, and they could have counteracted it, but they didn't know it. That message played in my head, and it kept me from going out for basketball. It kept me from going out for football. Now, as far as musically is concerned, I don't have no talent musically. Sometimes you do got to concede to the truth, okay? <laughs> I just didn't handle talent musically. But I had some of those other areas. For instance, baseball. Baseball was my favorite sport. And I loved pitching, you know, because I loved messing with your head. You know, I could take the next 30 minutes and tell you what I would do to people on the mound. I just absolutely loved it. I mean, it's everything within me has got to stay away from spending the next 30 minutes telling you about my pitching career. <laughs> but I will tell you this much. I remember in uh, my final year of Little League, we had got brand new suits. Man, they were sharp. Man, they was white. They had burnt orange stripe and black down the side. You know, we had them old-fashioned baseball socks. They was burnt orange. We had burnt orange lettering in our cap. I mean, our uniform was sharp. And my mother had bought me this shirt for school. And it was a plaid shirt of earth tone colors. And it had a streak of burnt orange in it. And being the stylist that I am, <laughs> I said, ooh, we, this will be sharp with my uniform. I tried it on, man, it looked good with my uniform. So I wore it every time I pitched. Not every time I played, but when I pitched, I had that shirt on. I was like Willie Joe Namath, <laughs> styling. I'll never forget. I can still see the coach the opposing, of the opposing team come out the dugout and calling timeout and telling the umpire, that shirt he got on is illegal. My batters can't see the ball. They made me take my shirt off. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> Made me take my shirt off. So I took it off. And the next batter I struck out, I said, you still can't see the ball. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> okay, so um, moving right along. You're going to remember this, right? God never what? God never made a zero. That's a truism, church. It's a truism because I said it was. And it's a, and it's a truism if you believe it. You got to believe it. Do you think God ever made a zero? No. Well, it's a truism. God's never made a zero. Now, today, here's what I know about myself. Well, some of what I know. Some of what I know about me is I'm a pastor, I'm a teacher, um, I'm a worshiper, I'm a peacemaker, I'm a healer, and a couple other things. And I don't just throw it out there to just try to, you know, make an impression. But I truly, truly know those things now. There was time in my life when I didn't know that. For instance, now remember, your talent is in you, even if you don't know it, it's there. Because it came where? At birth. Amen. Good class. I remember me and this guy named Bobby, we was in middle school, and we had words with one another. And so we was like, well, you know, if you just want to, you know, go to fisticuffs, we'll go to fisticuffs. You know, that's what I said to him. That's what he said to me. And, you know, in school, people hear that. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, after school, after school. So here we go, marching down the hill. There's a big group of people behind us like, yeah, Bobby. Yeah, Albert. You know, inciting the ride almost, you know. Wanting to see us fight. Well, the truth of the matter is, me and Bobby had went to school together ever since we was in kindergarten. Now, here we is, way up in middle school. Me and him had a little, you know, had a few words, and ends up into a big fight. So we fought. And when we fought, I beat Bobby. And I beat him bad. I didn't beat him hospital bad, but I beat him convincingly bad. <laughs> and I remember... I remember all the people cheering for me were like, yeah, 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 make him call you uncle, make him call you. And I was hitting him, I said, call me uncle, uncle. And he said, uncle, <clears throat> call me uncle. Man, that was like, I'm the man, right? <laughs> so I go home, everybody at, at the fight, or I should say no one at the fight knew this. My mom and dad didn't know this, nobody knew this. I went to my room, and I began to shed tears because I was ashamed of myself. Well, wait a minute, dude. You won the fight, and you were ashamed of yourself? Yeah, I was ashamed of myself. I didn't know it then, but I know it now. What I'd done to Bobby was in direct conflict with the healer that's inside of me. What I'd done to Bobby was in direct conflict 
with the peacemaker that's inside of me. You just can't go against the talent that's inside of you. Because if you do, you're going to feel it. You're going to know it. Because that talent that's inside of you, it came with you at birth. It's what makes you who you are. Praise God. Well, I could tell other stories, but we don't have time, so uh, I'll just leave you with the Bobby story. <laughs> but, you know, some people get a bad rap because their talent never gets displayed. Now, I heard this speech in 1984 uh, about veterans, and it went like this. The disabled have their handicap revealed and their genius concealed. Able bodies have their genius revealed and their handicaps concealed. You know, when you see a person that got some kind of a handicap or a defect and somebody else wants to tease and laugh at them, look, let me tell you something. That person themselves have some handicaps. But they're just fortunate because their handicap isn't revealed. This other person that maybe walks funny because one leg maybe was shorter than the other one, or just, you know, it could just be a multiple of things. And you laugh at that person because that person's handicap is revealed. But guess what? That person is no less than you. That person has a genius inside them just like you do. Our military men, when they come home, some of them come home without an arm, some lose a leg, but guess what? When you see that handicap now, it doesn't change the fact that there's a genius inside of them. You take my arm away, that don't remove the genius inside of me. You take your leg away, that don't remove the genius inside of you. You're loaded with talent. And I wish I could just come out there and just shake some of you and say, you're loaded with talent. God never made a zero. Never made a zero. You're loaded with talent. Then there's another quote I really like by the late great Miles Monroe. It says, we'll be so glad when you allow us to meet you. You know, so many people hide. They hide for years, years. Many of you sitting out there, you hear my words and you say, yeah, that's me. I got things about my life I've never allowed anyone to know. And as a result, you've walked around in life concealing most of your life and just only letting people see what you want them to see. But you know what? We really want to meet you. All of you, the good, the bad, the indifferent, because you know what we are convinced of? We're convinced of this. When we get to know you, we're going to find out how loaded you are with talent. Why am I that convinced? Because the builder never makes a building unless he knows what he's putting in it. God never made you without putting you or putting within you full of talent. So we know that. 
We'll be glad when you let us meet you. And don't be so shy and dodging out of everything. Because you think one of your handicaps are more revealed than another person. Another person, you know, they may be very charismatic and intelligent, but you know what? They're human. They got some handicaps too, but they just may be concealed. You know what, church? I'm comfortable with that now. I used to not be comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with the fact that most of my um, attributes are concealed. I'm comfortable with that. And I'm sharing this with you because I know there's many of you out there thinking and hoping and wishing at different times in your life that you can be like this one, you can be like that one. No, you don't want to be like anybody but just you. You need to get comfortable in that because you and you alone are loaded with specific and unique talent that God put in you. God never made a zero. Let me share something with you about significance. Significance is so important um, to our topic here. It's inseparable because you can't find your fulfillment in life until you find your significance. People do a rash of different things just to be significant. I remember having a conversation one time with a group of guys, and this one guy just blurted out and said, man, I'm a convict, man, I'm a convict. I said, wow. Well, I understood this truth about significance, and I knew that he had nothing that he felt he could attribute to himself except the fact that he spent considerable time in prison. So he just took that and made that his thing of significance. And I thought, how sad. How sad. And even now today when I look back at that experience, I think about, man, this guy's loaded with talent, and he don't even know it. The best he can say of himself is, I'm a convict in his desperate attempt to be significant. Let me illustrate, let me illustrate something about um, significance or uniqueness because uniqueness and significance are inseparable. And from the both of them, we understand our worth. Now, I'm going to pander to the women, and I'm going to make this little illustration about flowers, okay? So here we have the rose. We're going to personify the rose. The rose come out and say, hey, everybody, how you doing? Y'all know I'm the happening. I'm beautiful as beautiful can be. And you know what else? A lot of people think all flowers smell good. They don't. Most of them don't even have a fragrance. But I do. I have an awesome fragrance. How could you beat that? I'm beautiful, I'm gorgeous, and I have fragrance. People buy me by the dozens. They love me so. <laughs> and guys that need to secure their relationship with their better half or the one they desire, they send me in front of them. They send a dozen of me in front of them. By the time they get there, I done smoothed everything out, man. I done gave them so many brownie points. 
that's unique. How could you beat that? And then you got the daisy to come down and say, ah, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Daisies, man, we're all that. People love to plant us around their home, even like by the side of their gardens. When people travel by, they don't even look at their $300,000 home. They look at the daisies that's outside the home. Gerber daisies, that is. We're beautiful. We come in all colors, too. We're absolutely beautiful. And when people want daisies, they want daisies. And another thing, we don't stick and prick people either, Rosie. <laughs> now that's unique. And then here comes the lily. The lily says, okay, okay, just chill out a little bit. What, what would life be like without me, you know? I, I come in the typical white, but I come in other colors too, and all my colors symbolize something. In orange, it symbolizes passion. In yellow, it symbolizes gaiety. In white, it symbolizes modesty and purity and innocence. Out of all the flowers in the world, I am the number one most desired flower to incorporate into boutiques. How can you beat that? And not only that, if you check your Bible, there is so much reference of me in the Bible, I'm even associated with the Savior. Now that's unique. <laughs> I rest my case. And then, here comes the moms. The moms come out and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Cool it, chill it. Chill out. We are rich and robust in color. We decorate the outside of home, especially the entranceway of a door. You get a nice big mom's. What can make anybody feel more invited when they walk past us? But here's the biggest thing the rest of you guys need to realize. When you're ready to retire, we're just getting started in October and November. Now, that's unique. That's the end of my illustration. <laughs> What's the point? Each flower has something unique about it. When God made the flowers, in the whole world of botany, everything has something unique about it. When God made you, there's something very, very unique inside of you. And there is no combination of things in somebody else like there is in you. You're just that unique. You could stand up and take the place of one of those flowers and make your case for your uniqueness. But some of you are sitting there feeling like you can't. But that's because... You haven't discovered all the talent that's in you. Many of you feel like you haven't discovered any of the talent. But that's why this message comes. That's why this whole series comes. To silence that negative message that's in our subconscious that says, we're not blank enough today. You're not talented enough. We want to silence that message because it's a lie from the pit of hell. You came here full of talent.
full of talent. You need to be convinced of that. Just be convinced because of what you heard from the word of God. Be convinced of what you heard out of Jeremiah. God was speaking directly to Jeremiah. But the truth was general. And it can be applied to all of us. That our creator knew us before he formed us. Okay, I'm going to close with Gideon. God showed me this and I thought this was pretty awesome. Um, Gideon thought he was not talented enough. But an angel appeared to him and told him that God wanted to use him to save Israel. And he says, my family is the poorest in all of Manasseh, and I am the least in all of my family. Can you imagine God saying, oh, shoot, I forgot about that. (laughs) But I want to go to this other scripture so I can close now. Now, I want you to get this because this is a game breaker. Some of your talents are tangible. Other talents we have are intangible. If your talent is something that can't be seen and felt, that don't have a lot of outward manifestation, then you could very well be looked over as if you don't have any talent. You've got just as much talent as the person that manifested. You have just as much talent but maybe your talent is inward. Now, here's what Gideon said. I got the verse up there, but I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll just share the main parts, you know, from, from my memory here. Gideon says, If the Lord is with us, then why is all this befalling us? And where be all the miracles that our fathers told us of? Everything he says in this passage is a result of the fact that Gideon was upset over this whole issue that they had to be oppressed by the Midianites. Here's what I want you to get, because this is a game breaker. Your ability to be upset and to be angry at the status quo, that's talent. That's talent. If you can get passionate about something, and you don't care what nobody thinks you're passionate about. Sometimes people leave even mistaken it for rebellion. It's not rebellion. It's your passion. And then that passion is your talent. And guess what? That talent is an intangible. You can live a third of your life and nobody never realize it because it's not as seeable. It's not as easily manifested as someone else's talent. I don't share these things with you because... I think it'll help make a cute message. No, I share these things with you because every one of these points I know is hitting every one of us somewhere. And I want it to be of edification and enlightenment to you. I want you to walk out of here today knowing that you're full of talent. You've got to be full of talent because God never made a zero. Can you say amen to that? Can you say praise the Lord? Praise God. Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this message. We thank you for this truth that counteracts the negativity and the lies that tries to speak to our subconscious, saying we're not whatever enough. 
We are plenty enough. Matter of fact, we're loaded with talent. Talent that you placed in us. Even before you formed us and while you were forming us, Lord, you placed talent within us. And that makes us unique. I pray, Lord, that now you would help us to find it. And for those that have found some talents, I pray, Lord, that you will help them to cultivate and to develop it some more. In Jesus' name. Now, if you've never accepted Christ in your life and you want to take advantage of this opportunity to do so, we want you to pray this prayer with us. As, as every head is bowed, we're going to pray this prayer. And we want you to pray it with us. If you're ready to give your life to Christ, you've never made the commitment before, but you want to make it today. Say this prayer with us. Father God, we thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. I thank you, Lord, that he was hung up for my hang-ups. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you bled and died that I might be free from the effects of sin and all of its consequences and especially the penalty. And now you've given me a right to eternal life. And for that, I thank you, Jesus. And at this time, I commit my life to you to live for you all the days of my life. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.